Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Jeff is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Jeff. Here's the thing that I know preaching this message. Today's message will not be popular. Today's message is going to be difficult and it's going to be challenge, a challenging to all of you. And that's because when we talk about the power behind repentance, what we're learning in brief is we need to make a U-turn and we don't have the strength or the energy or the power to do it. Do you know how difficult and challenging it is to hear that? I think it's illustrated very well by a, a, a little two-year-old that I saw at a wedding just a weekend ago who was sitting in one of those folding chairs and, you know, as, as little ones do, turning around and looking back and then turning back around and sitting, sitting down. And mom was there kind of, you know, trying to make sure the chair didn't fold up. And guess what this little two-year-old young lady was doing? Pushing her mom away. And I thought to myself, there you have it, human nature in a nutshell. What do we want to do? We want to do it ourselves. Do you know how insulting it is to hear someone say to us, who since we were an infant wanted to do it ourselves, you need to make a U-turn, and by the way, you have no power to make that U-turn. You better hope someone comes along and rescues you. You better hope that someone has the power and the energy you just don't have. Do you see why this message is going to be unpopular? <laughs> because you can't help yourself. It is you who must make the U-turn, and yet, from somewhere outside, you must find the energy. That in and of itself is frustrating. I'll share another story. So since I've been working up in Midtown, I'm looking for locations to, to just do my work and rub shoulders with Midtown people, and I, I don't have an office up there. My computer battery lasts about an hour. So when I go into a coffee shop, the first thing I look for is not the menu. I look for outlets. Because I know even if I leave home with my computer fully charged, I'm going to need power from the outside. I'm going to need to connect to the grid. Because if I don't, I'm going to do one hour's work and rub shoulders with Midtown people for one hour, and then I'm going to sit there for the rest of my day looking like a stalker, which I don't want to look like. <laughs> In modern coffee shops, they do not put power outlets where they're easy to find. I, don't, I think it's something about the aesthetics of the coffee shop or something, but I often find myself walking into a new coffee shop and going, where in the world are the power outlets here? Finally, I search around and I, I, I find one because I have to. I wish I didn't have to. I wish my battery lasted all day long. That way I could help me out, do it myself. 
but I can't. So the outside power is absolutely necessary. I don't like it, but it is. I want you to write something down. The last couple weeks, we've been talking about repentance being a need. Last week, Pastor Dan stood right here in this location and told you, when you make the U-turn that repentance is a change of thought and heart and actions and words, you will receive blessings from making this U-turn. So it's a need. You can't, you can't do without it and have a relationship with God. What relationship do you have where you can say to yourself, no, I'm sorry's are ever needed? Do you have a relationship like that? Because if you do, I'd like to hear about it. None of my relationships work that way because guess what? I'm sinful and I hurt people at times. I have to know how to say I'm sorry if I want my relationship to continue. It's the same in your relationship with God. So it's a need, and, and it comes with so many blessings. Let's write this down. The question, if repentance is a need and not a want, it's truly a need, and if it blesses me, how do I get there? How do I get there? How do I get my heart, my mind, my life turned around the way we've been talking about in this U-turn series because that's what repentance is. It is rethinking my sin, rethinking my life. Literally, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for repentance means turn it around. How do I get there? You know, Peter was faced with an interesting situation. Right away in the New Testament time, after Jesus had died and rose again, he and all the other apostles were waiting in Jerusalem because God had promised them that he would pour out his Holy Spirit on them. So they, they stood fast in Jerusalem and waited for whatever this was going to look like, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And one day it did happen. Flames of fire were flickering over the apostles' heads. They were, they were speaking in all kinds of languages. And Peter and the apostles, who had once had a focus of, we better duck low and hide, all of a sudden were, they were out there, boldly, preaching. And, and Peter's message, that was an unpopular message that day too. Imagine me as unpopular as this message might be, standing up and say, hey folks, you're all murderers. And, and not just murder, but you tortured the person before you murdered them. And not just murdering a person, you murdered the very one who came to rescue you. You crucified the Lord of life. Those are Peter's exact words. And imagine what the response to that message could have been. But it's actually quite amazing what the response to that was because that message was anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit that had just been poured out on all all the apostles. So let's dive into Acts chapter 2. We're in that. That's the scenario. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, 
both Lord and Messiah. By the way, this guy you crucified, you murdered, he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He controls all things. And he is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the one who will take away, who has taken away all your sins. Oh my goodness, it is not easy swimming against the current. And we're all swimming against the current. All the way back to my days as a a young person, when I was learning how to survive in the wilderness, and I took a number of wilderness survival courses as a kid. I just loved being out in nature. We were taught multiple times, if you ever get dumped in a river or in the ocean and the current is pulling you one way, Please don't try to swim against the current. You're just going to exhaust yourself. Pastor Dan a couple weeks ago said, this U-turn thing, imagine, imagine that you're going the wrong way on the freeway and someone graciously gets you turning around and going with the flow. Aren't you going to be so appreciative that they did that before you hurt someone else or yourself? And your loved ones? Of course you are. But guess what the Christian message of U-turn is? Talk about challenges. Christ says, turn around, make a U-turn, and go against the flow. And don't go the way all the traffic that surrounds you is going. Go against them. Other people, they can be angry and bitter in the world and they can hold grudges and no one much is going to say to them, you're killing yourself and you're hurting others. You need to turn that around. In the world, if you are ambitious And it's selfish ambition and greed. No one is going to say there's anything wrong with that. Good for you. You're being bold. And now think about the internal battle that goes on. Do you you have someone in your life who is asking you to make a U-turn against the anger and hurt that's in your heart? Do you have someone in your life who is saying to you, slow down? Why are you working so hard? And in the back of your mind, you're defending it, you're rationalizing, you're minimizing, I'm putting food on the table, but really what it is is you're selfish and you're ambitious. And that's why you won't slow down. Do you see how we're fighting the current constantly? in our own soul, against the world. And do you know where that leads? This this is not just psychology we're talking about here. Do you know who your three most powerful enemies in the world are? Don't look to the person next to you. (laughs) It's not them. It is Satan, the world and its culture, and yourself, your sinful nature. And they are fighting with all they've got, with all the strength and, and the, the power and the 
insight into your soul, all they've got to keep you from ever making a U-turn. Do you see why, in addition to the fact the Bible says we're dead in our sin, therefore how are we going to turn these things around? And now, being dead in sin, you have all these powerful enemies. For me to stand up here and say, you need to repent, you need to try harder, you need to work at it more, you need to dig deeper and turn this around. Do you now hear how ridiculous that message would be? And yet, even biblically, you are the one who repents. God is not going to repent for you, but what he will do is give you the power by his grace to repent. Now let's talk about how that works. It works through PowerPoints. And here is where it's completely counterintuitive. It is, this is another difficult part of this message. Another part where you're gonna go, man, I don't get what Pastor Jeff is saying because none of us gets what I'm saying. Not by nature. We all want our battery to be strong. But what I'm telling you is your battery is not just, it's not like my computer battery that can still charge itself up and be good for an hour. Your battery's dead. It is dead as a doornail. And you're not gonna do one whit of turning anything around unless you plug in to these PowerPoints that I'm about to reveal to you. Now, once you do plug in, good things flow. And that's why these are so important, but they're counterintuitive because you're going to say, what? That's supposed to change my life? That's supposed to change my eternal destiny? Destiny doing, doing that? But I'm promising you that's exactly what God is saying. Start here. Get plugged in. Find the PowerPoints first. Therefore, let all Israel be sure of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Peter starts with a little thing called the law. And the law is what strikes us with the diagnosis of being dead in our trespasses. Take a look at what it says in John 1, 16 to 18. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. The law is what is that? When your battery is dead on your computer, do you ever look up there in the upper right corner or wherever it is in yours and you go, oh, I got 1% left. The law is what shows you that you have 0% left. It's an amazing little indicator because it works even when your computer has died, when your, when your soul has died. You have 0% left. That's what the law does for us. For the law was given through Moses. Just run through the commandments that Moses gave you. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only God who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. So first of all, Jesus shows us what the law really means and how we don't keep it. Remember, Jesus was the one who said, if you think you're keeping God's law by following it in actions, 
Let's back up a step. Are you following it in your thoughts? How about in your emotions are you following? Those powerful emotions, are you following it? Now, once you know your battery's dead, now you can tap into the true power source, and that is grace. That is the gospel. That is Jesus. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Power source number one is law and gospel. Write that down. The power of law and gospel gets me there. I need to know that my battery is dead so that I go plug in to the true power source, which is the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know how to do that? Do you know how to find the law and gospel power plate, the outlet? You're plugged into it right now. This is why we come to church. This is why we're in growth groups. This is why we open our Bibles. And you're going to see this again a little bit later. The law and gospel power plate are whenever we're in contact with this book, whether it's being preached and taught to us, whether we're getting it in our growth group, whether we're sitting at home reading it. But here's the secret. Know the difference between law and gospel. Know that the law is there to show you your battery is dead, and then know that the gospel is there to put more power back into your battery. The law is the commandments. Simple. And the gospel is Jesus is your Savior. Let's go on. Now we're back. We're back on the day of Pentecost. We're back to Peter's message. And it says this, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? So how do you know if you're getting the energy and the power and the strength you need from this outside power source to be able to make the U-turn, to, to be able to repent? Do you see these guys? This is how they knew. This is how Peter knew the message was powerful and that it was working. And, and what do you see there? They were cut to the heart. This, this impacted them. Spiritually, rationally, emotionally, a few of them were probably impacted physically by that, a, a pit in their stomach, like, what in the world did I do? They were cut to their heart. When when ancient Hebrews talked about their heart, this was the seat of everything. Hebrew doesn't even really have a word for mind. It's all wrapped up in the word heart. And this is Greek here, but this is a Jew speaking and preaching. And so when it says they were cut to the heart, it was, this was playing itself out on several levels. Rationally, they were going, what? how confused were we? Emotionally, they're, they're struggling with this. And even in their will, they're thinking, we, and you see that in the question, brothers, what shall we do? How do we change this? How do we get moving in a different direction? How do we make a U-turn? So write this down. 
how do I know if I'm getting there? I am cut to the heart. And remember, heart in all these senses. And I want to know what my next step is. This is what shows you the battery is, is charging. You know what's so great about Jesus? And this is, this is one of the true powers of Jesus being our Savior. It, he is the Savior of all. And, and, and it's not just what Jesus does in order to rescue us and help us make the U-turn. It's not just what the Holy Spirit to does that, who, who, who helps us with the power to do that. It's who they do it for. Take a look at what it says here. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What does he want them to do? Repent, as you've heard several times in this series. It means rethink your life, rethink your thoughts, rethink your emotions. And the and be baptized is him saying, and if you want the power to do that, do something that, and all of you can do this. This is who this is for, all of you. You can do something that, you're going to go, I, I don't get it. You, you want me to have someone pour or sprinkle a little water? You want to dunk me in a tank or, or however you do it? And that's supposed to forgive sins? That's supposed to give me the Holy Spirit? That's supposed to give me the power to make a U-turn? Really? Sprinkle, sprinkle, as one of our Crosswalk members says? That's it? And, and then eating and drinking? Like if I have this little tiny, tiny cup of wine and this little tiny piece of unleavened bread, that's supposed to change my heart and my mind? Most of all, read a book. How many of you love reading in here? Oh, there's a good number. But there's also, let's do it the other way. How many of you don't love reading in here? Right? The Holy Spirit says, read a book. What? Read a book? And my power is going to come on you? You're going to be plugged into the Spirit? And He will give you the strength and energy for you to make a U-turn. And without reading the book, without sprinkle, sprinkle, without eating the little and drinking, all that, you may as well be a dead battery still unplugged. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? And yet God loves to work through the weak, through the unremarkable. How, how did King David get chosen? Prophet Samuel comes, has a look at all the sons of Jesse, comes to the end of all the sons of Jesse and knows that none of them are it. 
And so he looks at Jesse and says, isn't there someone else? Don't you have another? And Jesse says, yeah, but no, he's not the right guy. I got him out shepherding sheep out in the fields. He's the runt of the litter. You don't want him. And he was the one chosen. Peter, how in the world does he get to be Jesus' spokesman on the day of Pentecost? The guy who had just denied Jesus three times is now <laughs> broken, cracked, weak. God's main spokesman? What? And now on top of all of that, you're telling me that if I want to plug my heart and my mind into the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the only power to help me repent and make a U-turn, I need to read a book, huh? Come to communion and be baptized. That makes no sense unless... God works through the weak and the unremarkable to do the powerful and the remarkable. And that's exactly what God does. Take a look at the passages, because it says it so clearly. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. And then communion, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. You not only become a receiver of blessings when you do this, you become a dispenser of blessings to others. Turn the page. The power of the means of grace, and by that I mean the word and the sacraments, the power of the means of grace gets me there. If I want my battery to get charged up, it is about being in contact with this book, reading it, digesting it, bringing it into my heart, mind, and life, however I do that. Church, growth group, personal devotions at home. It's about plugging in. Isn't it weird how the supernatural looks like the natural? I eat and drink all the time. Pretty natural to me. In fact, very natural to me. I take a shower most every day. And if I don't, you don't want to be around me. I, I am in the crowd of people that like to read, so I read quite a bit. Very natural. So how can the natural be so supernatural? But that's the thing that I'm hoping that we can all, as, as, <laughs> as unnatural as it is for us to grasp that God does the supernatural through the natural, do you follow that? That's what we must do. Otherwise, we're trying. It, we're saying to ourselves, you just got to dig deeper. That's the equivalent of me going into the coffee shop, not plugging it in and pounding on it. Work, you thing. Are you doing that? Are you, are, are you doing that to yourself? 
Like, I need to repent. I know I need to let go of this anger and forgive someone. I, I know I need to stop working so hard, and this, this is just selfish ambition. I know I need to stop looking at my computer for the wrong reasons. I know, I know, I know. Dig deeper. Try harder. Beat myself up more. And maybe when I'm so filled with guilt and shame, that'll help me make a U-turn. No, folks. That's not it. It's law. This is who I am. This is where I'm at. This is how I'm broken. This is how my battery is completely and utterly discharged. And gospel, this is Jesus. He came to give you forgiveness and eternal life. Not just battery life, but eternal life. We're back on the day of Pentecost. Peter is preaching to them and he says, this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. We're back to the who. The how is I gotta find somewhere to plug in. The Bible, baptism, the Lord's Supper. But do you see the who? Have you ever thought to yourself, this this gospel thing, this salvation thing, this forgiveness, this undeserved love that we call grace thing is not for me. I'm too far away from God. I've messed up too bad. There's no way in the world God could love somebody like me because if he's all-knowing, he, he knows what I did when I was a child, when I was a teenager, he knows how horrible some of my actions were when I was a young adult. He knows how I'm mistreating this, that, and the other person today. He knows how I struggle with my faith in him. And how it's a constant struggle just simply to even believe that he's real. Can he forgive me? I'm too far off. And what does Peter say? Will you read it with me? The promise, let's read it aloud together. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's for you. Remember what Jesus said? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. It's not the one with 100% full battery that needs a PowerPoint. It's the one who can sit back, listen to the truth of God and go, my battery, my spiritual battery is dead. And I need to plug into a savior so that, so that I need that outside source away from me so that I can get charged up and make this U-turn. And do you know what's so beautiful about this? God is gonna take you and all your brokenness and all your sin and he's gonna use it to bring glory to him by his grace. Anybody here know what kintsugi is? You're not Japanese, so I wouldn't expect you to know what kintsugi is. But let me show you what kintsugi is. 
You know what that is? That is what Pastor Jeff does not do when he accidentally smashes uh, a bowl on the floor. It happened to me just two weeks ago. I accidentally was carrying too many too much stuff. Anybody here ever do something like that? And blah, the, the dish slipped out of my hand. What did I do? I went and got the dustpan, swept up all the pieces, and where did they go? In the garbage. In Japan, they have this beautiful art form called kintsugi. They still sweep up the pieces, but then they set them aside and they have this special glue made partly of gold. And they, they turn their shattered dishes into works of art. Brokenness becomes beauty. That's what you are. You are brokenness. We all are. That's what sin does to us. But in Christ, you become beauty. That gold is his grace. That gold is his forgiveness. That gold is his promises to you of everlasting life. That gold is his promise to you of the power of the Holy Spirit to say, I know you can't turn it around. Let me empower you from outside so that you can turn it around. Stop beating yourself up. Stop shaming and guilting yourself to death and receive my love and my forgiveness, and you will become a spiritual work of kintsugi. Not your beauty, but my beauty shining through, the, through you. Write this down. Jesus' heart for those who are far off gets me there. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them. This is Peter. He's warning and pleading, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. You know what's so beautiful about our brokenness? It becomes our energy. And if you don't believe me, just, just try out Resilient Ministry one Saturday night where you get to see people who actually have gotten real about their brokenness and stop trying to cover it up anymore, and are just like, yep, this is what I did. This is where I was, but I'm not there anymore because of Jesus and his love. And God's glory and God's grace shines through them like kintsugi so, so beautifully. And now those people want to share what they've received. Peter, who was broken and shattered because of his sin, wants to share what he's received. He's pleading, he's warning, save yourselves. And that leads to another way that you might not easily recognize as a PowerPoint. Do you know someone who believes the gospel? Who believes that despite their brokenness, they're still loved by God in Christ? Do you know someone who who recognizes that the cross and the empty tomb are the most important things that ever happened to them, despite the fact that their sins are real and they're ugly, but God has glued them back together because of Jesus? Listen to that person, or maybe be that person, because here's the next truth I want you to write down. The love of someone who has been graced by the gospel will help get me there. That's Peter on the day of Pentecost, a man graced by the gospel. 
That's David if you read the Psalms. That's every major Bible character. They've been graced and they want to share. Here's the final point. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. I'll give you the fill-ins and then I'll just say a few thoughts and then we'll pray. Ultimately, the power behind all repentance, all U-turns, lies in the message about Jesus Christ, about Jesus' grace and mercy. Not Jesus the lawgiver, not Jesus the rule maker, not, not Jesus the example, Jesus the savior. And that good news gospel message is always the next step for those who are cut to the heart over their sins. You'll have noticed when we do our little moment of repentance at the beginning of every service, we don't leave you just confessing your sins and your guilt and your shame. But Stephen or whoever's leading that part of the service is going to come back out here and, and maybe there's even going to be some music that says, but don't forget, here's the real power and it's the gospel. It comes from outside you to change you, to use your brokenness to bring glory to God and people to Jesus. Walk away from this church today knowing that you have been graced by God, forgiven by him, and that he loves you like crazy. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear fathers in heaven, dear, dear father in heaven, there's only one of them. Dear father in heaven, we thank you so much for, for your grace, for your mercy, for your forgiveness and for your love. All of those caused you to send your one and only son, Jesus, to be our savior. Lord, once again, we're, we acknowledge your truth, the law. We are dead in our sins and in our trespasses. We, as Stephen prayed earlier, deserve nothing but your wrath and punishment by nature. But now because of Jesus, that's the past message for us, the present and the future message. The one that we want everybody in this room to go home with today is that you love us despite our sins. You came for us unhealthy sick people to bring healing to our hearts, minds, our souls. Lord, bathe us, wash us, help us to eat and drink your grace and your forgiveness. And Lord, help us to hear this message clearly. Our sins are forgiven. Our home is heaven. And our, our identity, our identity is dearly loved children of God, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amazing, Lord. Amazing. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now, some closing thoughts from Pastor Jeff. 
So now I hope you understand why such a message is so unpopular. Here I stand telling you to fight with all you've got. Fight, fight against the traffic of our culture. Fight against the current of your sinful nature and your, your huge enemies, the devil, the world, and your flesh. Fight with all you've got and you have got by yourself nothing to fight with. So here's what I hope you heard today. God is ready, willing, and able to be your PowerPoint. The Holy Spirit is there, and, and all, all we, any of us, need to do is trust in his love and forgiveness and get plugged into his gospel message of love, knowing that when we do that, all the supernatural power in the world is available to us by simple things, reading the Bible, washing in the waters of baptism, eating and drinking the Lord's Supper. There are your power outlets. Tap in to the Spirit. Let me send you home with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with his favor and grant you his peace. Amen. Have a great week in the Lord.